0: Hello and welcome to Cinema Double Takes, a podcast where two movies are paired together in unexpected ways to make some head-turning double features. I'm Ryan. I'm Hunter. Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. <laughs> That's the name of the episode, though. And for this episode, we've got uh, two ghostly movies in the form of House or Hausu from 1977 and A Ghost Story. Um, and they are two ghost movies that aren't just ghostly but they also share the same spooky aspect ratio yeah um yeah so i'm excited to talk about these i'm glad you recommended them because they are wildly different from each other and... vastly
1: different than anything i think that we've done in the past
0: i mean audition and sleepless in seattle are pretty, yeah, different. pretty they, different they got similar setups though this one yeah. like besides like slight ghostly apparitions yeah. they're like way different but yeah excited to talk about them way different and also neither one of them are the most like accessible they're both oh, hard to recommend God. like just across the board for very different reasons especially a
1: ghost story to me believe it or not
0: yeah yeah no a ghost story I think probably the tougher one to recommend which is crazy considering how wild house who is but yeah which one do you want to start with
1: I guess let's let's go with uh, something depressing first okay. and then
0: we could go into a little something more lighter I guess start with sad All- a Ghost Story, directed by David Lowry, released in 2017. This follows the story of C, <laughs> this is a name. He has, like, the, the two main characters are Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck. Neither one of them have full names in the movie. They're just labeled as C and M. C gets in a car wreck and dies, and you follow his experience as a sheet ghost, a literal sheet ghost. He has a sheet over him, Cut out holes for the eyes. Pretty incredible, honestly. And uh, and Casey Affleck actually did stay in the sheet the whole time. It was him for a majority. Yes, there are there is a point where there's no way he could be. Yeah. Um. But but practically for the whole film, he's walking around as a sheet ghost, saying nothing. <laughs> so that that's respectable for an actor that has a recognizable name to <laughs> wear a sheet the whole time and say no words. Um, I am very excited to hear your thoughts on this because I, I know I've been fairly open about my opinion on it, but I love the movie. If I'm being honest with you, uh, one of the most depressing films I
1: think I've ever watched, but in a different manner than like just being sad. It's like sad in an existential dread kind of a way. Oh yeah. It's
0: a very existential movie through and through the whole movie is about time. It's very cosmic, it's dealing with the whole concept of eternity. Yeah. And what that means and how the whole film is basically this this look at if something is eternal and how this movie plays it up where there's no start or end point. So it plays with even going backwards in mm-hmm. time as much as it goes forwards. Yeah, I love this movie. I no, absolutely adore this movie.
1: And I mean it's kind of funny to me because I hadn't seen this like i saw green knight by mm-hmm. david lowry yeah but i'd never seen this maybe because i was too hesitant to actually watch this movie because okay. i heard great things about it but it's such a sad movie that i really have to be in like a certain headspace to feel okay to watch this type of a film yeah and i'm so happy that i picked it because yeah it's one of my favorite movies of all time now like one of Hell my favorite yeah. a24 movies
0: yeah yeah no but likewise i love this movie um I was excited for the green Knight because of this movie i I, I loved this movie and loved it when it came out um, I also knew too just like the hyper on the green Knight at the time of its release I knew that it was gonna have a very divisive reaction mm-hmm. because of this movie because I know that David lowry likes to make slow films I knew it probably wouldn't be as slow as this and green Knight wasn't because this movie is very slow. That's
1: that's one thing that I loved about this movie in particular is like David Lowry knows exactly how long to hold a shot oh, yeah. until it's too much. Like, yeah. I mean, let's just talk about like the beginning of the, yeah. the movie. Um, there's one scene in particular after he dies where it's just like her going and IDing the body. Mm-hmm. And that shot just waits. Like, oh, yeah. You're you're sitting there for, I don't know, I didn't clock it, but I felt like... Three minutes of nothing happening in this room yeah. until Casey like finally pops
0: up in the ghost apparel. Yeah, I love the pacing of this movie. And it's one where you, you got to be in the right headspace for it, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, the other thing, too, is understanding the point of the pacing. And this is something I, I fall back on a lot with certain films where I, I like like to emphasize, like, if I say a movie, a movie is boring doesn't mean I'm impatient because this is also like one of my favorite films. I love this movie and it is very slow, but it's very intentionally slow and the pacing serves a purpose. And the the aspect of the movie too that I love is how it does speed up. Yeah, It, It does pick up pace, but what it intentionally does is the opening holds on shots. Like you said, like it lingers and allows you to take in intimate moments and experience time basically in real time yeah it lets it
1: it lets it breathe for you you actually feel like you're there feeling the same feeling that Rooney Mara is when she's like fucking sitting there
0: on the floor eating a pie yes which like we will get to that scene that is like a big scene but even like just them embracing each other in bed together yeah like those scenes that it holds on that and it's so purposeful because it wants you to feel so ingrained in that moment and just have this sense of, like, you know, like you think about it like your typical day-to-day. When, when your day is going along, it's not like just time flies by when you're making a cup of coffee yeah. or, or getting up in the morning. Like, it, it's very clearly trying to put you in that headspace of being in these intimate moments. And it works as a great juxtaposition once he does become the ghost yep. for how, like, just... People are coming and going. And it's like how time and reality sort are to going. Work, yeah, Users are going by, and it's just in a flash. But yet, like the small moments of this couple, just for like a night, feels so just long. a just
1: a normal night too. Like nothing is going on at all in their life. Like yeah, it, that's the that's one thing I really liked about this movie is that Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara in mm. the beginning don't seem like anything's happening with them. Like yeah. they. It's just a regular week for them. Nothing's mm-hmm. nothing's big or important happening in their lives at all yeah. until the car wreck. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. And I love... And the movie does it on numerous occasions. But I love when things like this happen. Like the car accident or just sort of violent instances. The movie doesn't show the action take place. It, it's it's a after. very quiet movie. And even like, yeah, you get the quiet of the aftermath of the car accident. You get the loud crash and bang of it. You just see the silence afterwards and it shows up later um, in the film, also with the uh, the pioneers. Yeah. And same thing, it just cuts to the aftermath. You might get a somewhat of a, maybe a hear a murmur of what's going on before it shows the the instance, but it never lingers on those big climax. Which I don't crashes. think it needs at all. Yeah. Oh no, no, I, I love the silence and how it just sort of lets you just take in beats of, of just how life just fleets <laughs> like it just dissipates
1: there was a there was a shot of runny mara walking out of her house like pulling like this cabinet mm-hmm. and that's like that scene alone felt like it was forever like it yeah like i i felt like something bad was about to happen like directly mm-hmm. after that scene and then yeah. you know it wasn't until you know, a little bit later until something actually happens but it's kind of like setting you in for what is to come yeah it's unsettling and making you feel like you're you're missing
0: something Mm -hmm. oh yeah i love the the pacing of i love how the movie is shot i think it's beautiful it's a gorgeous looking film um the music too the score and and the way music in general plays a part in the film itself is wonderful i I love it because he his character was a musician and they incorporate that into the film. They utilize sound and music to even reflect memory. I, I think just the presentation of this movie is beautiful.
1: Another, I absolutely love Another it. thing you said at the beginning, you were talking about how these films are in similar aspect ratios. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this aspect ratio. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think I read that David Lowry said he wanted it to feel claustrophobic in a way. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is when you shrink the when you mm-hmm. shrink it down, but it, it
0: it feels more personal. Yeah, it does. Well, and what I love about this movie, the the rounded edges too. Yeah, um, it it gives it certainly in some ways you could say an old timey kind of feel. But the other thing that I think is brilliant, which not that David Lowry has said this directly, and also I think it's just a fun way to view it anyway, is that it completely mirrors how it would feel to look through holes in a sheet. Yeah. I, I think that's like just such a wonderful way to present it because it does feel like, yes, he's trapped and he's boxed into his location, like where he, like, like the place where he died in the house that he resided in. And that's where the, the film is is focused on is that spot, that place that he comes back to. But also it mirrors the look of just having holes cut around yeah. your eyes that you have to peer through, uh, which I think is also incredibly brilliant. Intentional or not, it it comes through that way and works very well.
1: And I think that the ghost, like the actual the you know the costume that Casey like, Affleck is wearing in the movie, I think it's super effective. It's like, beautiful. It's it's beautiful, but it's yeah. also like it it doesn't make it feel, it feels more light. Mm-hmm. You know, like if this was like a hot like a you know like a, a see through version of of Casey like Affleck walking around the house, it wouldn't do the same. It wouldn't do the same thing for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting because, like, I know David Lowry, like, he talked about how, like, the idea he thought was, like, basically that making a movie about a sheet ghost was funny to him. Yeah. Just, like, how can I make it serious? And the way he did it is incredible, I think. I, I love the look of the ghost. I think that uh, it, it's something that is clearly, like, there was thought and care put into the design of it. It Like you said, it like, the way the color is done with it and everything, it doesn't feel cheap it doesn't just look like a guy with a sheet thrown head. Yeah. It. it still kind of does, does but it yes like it still is a sheet but it you don't get the full silhouette of his body it's just this droopy sheet yeah and uh and you can't see his eyes so there still is an unnatural element to it and the imagery of him just standing in the background of shots too i i think is so striking and somehow they found a way to not make it look cheap or silly where rather it feels like a physical manifestation of a person who's no longer here and, and i think that it's wonderful absolutely love yeah
1: that. i wrote down that i thought you know like him standing in the rooms felt kind of somber mm-hmm. like oh yeah you, you could feel that the entire time like i want to talk about more seeds because they're yes. so
0: incredible yes so as we before we get into the ghost stuff i guess like the next big thing i got to bring up then is is the pie scene yes we gotta the get pie into the pie scene, scene um, which the duration of it her actually sitting on the floor eating it is four minutes the whole take is about five minutes it's a long scene and i would argue it's the make it or break it scene for most people that watch this movie
1: this scene alone is why i had a sparked interest in watching this movie because i had not seen this movie before but mm-hmm. i had heard about the pie scene the yeah. pie scene is a, is a huge thing yeah um and as soon as it started I was like this is incredible. Like It's great. Yeah. Like Rooney Mara right there gave mm-hmm. one of the best performances I've ever seen for a person that's not saying a single word of dialogue. Mm-hmm. But the expressive nature of her just like chowing down on this
0: pie just shows the ultimate despair well that's the thing like there's a point to it like yes it is a long scene of watching rooney mara eating pie and if you were to take it out of context like that yeah that sounds incredibly boring and pretentious but the whole movie is taking in those intimate moments especially in the in the first half taking in the intimate moments seeing her expression of grief in that moment and it's a gut-wrenching scene It, it starts out with yeah like just like okay yeah sure she's eating it but then she just keeps just, just devouring. down. Yeah, you you start to feel just the the pain that she's feeling and understand where this is coming from. And, and it's a devastating scene. But it's also one where if you are like not ready for it or not ready for just the type of movie that this is, the pie scene is the one where people are like I'm out (laughs) out, I could
1: definitely see people Leaving the theater Mm -hmm. After that scene
0: Yeah where it's like Okay Is this what we're watching (laughs) (laughs) And The movie Does pick up It's pacing In a very intentional way But I, I think that Pie scene is a great scene It really is But it is like One where you, you got to know what you're in for. because yeah. it is a long scene. I
1: do like that. It, I mean, obviously it has to do it early on, but mm-hmm. it it does something so striking so early in the film that lets you know, like, I'm not about to be watching a movie where there's a ton of dialogue. I'm not going to be watching a movie where there's a ton of different plot points. It's literally just going to be KCF, like mm-hmm. standing in the back of a room, experiencing the moments of you know people
0: that he loved, and then also strangers later on. Like, yeah yep and we one thing i want to bring up too that i love about what this movie does and this is coming to me as a this is coming for me as a horror fan mm-hmm. as a horror nerd is how much this movie also plays off of sort of tropes and cliches of ghost movies yeah um like especially with the family that moves in um after she leaves uh, i i think that like plays into it heavily but even before then before he dies when there's the piano and things falling and hearing noises like I, I love that it's playing off of sort of cliches around ghost movies but through the perspective of the ghost and not as an evil entity yeah. it's so just it, it's so introspective and existential heartbreaking I, oh I, totally I mean, heartbreaking yeah um, Some things to to go into, little bits of trivia about the pie, (laughs) because I I had to make sure I had some (laughs) things to talk about this pie. So it was a, uh, I was very curious while watching, I'm like, yeah, what what kind of pie was she eating? (laughs) Um, So it was a vegan chocolate pie, um, which apparently she said was terrible. (laughs) Um, The scene was done in one take. Uh, I know that like, yes, it was one shot, but also like they did one take oh really they filmed the scene and that is the only time that, that was the only moment they filmed it they that's incredible they weren't like okay Rooney do it again here's another pie um, like I, I know that it's a, it'd be a hard scene to have to keep filming over and over but yeah they did it in one take it was done just at one time yeah she's eating this vegan chocolate pie which apparently director said it was good she said it was terrible um, <laughs> I part of why I wonder what kind of pie it was too is because I knew Rooney Mara was vegan also so was David Lowery, so oh okay yeah so like they're a bunch of vegans on set um so looked that up the other thing too was uh apparently this was the first time rooney mara had ever eaten pie what yes all of, like all of it was weird i had a lot of pie trivia <laughs> for this movie i get um, okay yeah yeah so she had never eaten pie <laughs> until this scene where she's eating i don't this even know how that's possible pie. i know <laughs> yeah but there you go there's uh some some pie trivia now to to go back to the movie everything like when he gets up leaves the hospital the shot composition in the hospital sequence is beautiful
1: the door or like you know like the 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 white door that opens up that
0: was an incredible scene just beautiful colors and i love the simplicity of that the movie doesn't explain what it is but you know what it is it's sort of just like okay like there was his moment to To leave leave earth to leave this realm whatever this option is and he stood there and waited for it to for the door, to he close.
1: needed an answer
0: still. He yeah, wasn't he, done He here. wasn't ready to, to leave this plane of existence yet. I,
1: I think one more thing before we get too far, yeah. I want to say I loved how much this movie did a lot of imagery with space early on, mm-hmm. um, yeah. especially with what happens later on with Baldman. Um, mm-hmm. The space stuff at the beginning was incredible. Like the yeah. visuals for this movie, you've already said, but I just have to like oh, David yeah. Lowry is an incredible director.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's a great filmmaker and uh, I, yeah, love this movie, love his style. Um, I, I think, like, The Green Knight just carried over, carried it over more yeah. of what he's done. I love that he's worked with the same composer for every film he's done, the, this and The Green Knight's oh, really? composer. Yeah, and it's just in the, the song that KCF, like, sings, like, quotation marks, sings, he yes. doesn't actually sing, it was sung by the composer great song yeah great song the song is awesome awesome yeah yeah fantastic song and uh it was actually part of the um composer's band he has a band and he made the song and just showed it to david lowry he was like i want to put this he was like i want to put this in my movie and uh they they paired it up together but yeah he they like don't he hasn't done like many other scores outside of david lowry's films including even like he did the green knight um, and The Green Knight has a great yeah, story, too. Yeah, music so. does a lot for a movie, honestly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the music in this film is just beautiful. It's and so needed. Good. Yes. Very much so needed. There was one other thing I wanted to mention mm-hmm. about
1: David Lowry uh, going forward yeah. in this film. Especially from Green Knight going into this, I know that mm-hmm. he's really good at portraying time elements. Yes. And the passing of time in this movie is done so well. Mm-hmm. There was the beginning... There was one shot... Um that I really liked which was Rooney Mara like leaving the house over and over again. I I made a note of that too That's an incredible scene because it's
0: done uh, like to because the camera is kind of dollying forward and made to look like a singular Camera shot while it is clearly like just clever edits as she is repeatedly leaving the house um it's really cool. I, I love that shot. That whole like scene is really neat. As like it also helps show that passage of time. It, it
1: illustrates how quickly time is moving for Casey like because yes. he hasn't moved at all,
0: and she just continually is leaving. Well, exactly, and, and that's where like we talked about how the pacing picks up because yeah. you get the intimate moments of them sharing a moment, just embracing each other in bed, or just sitting around like just talking on the couch. And it's very slow. And then suddenly, there he is standing in one spot, and just in one camera, slow camera movement, you see basically weeks go by. Yep. Um, wonderfully done. Love how he, how he paces it. And as you mentioned, like Green Knight, like that movie, there is a very specific very scene that, that comes to mind that where it was like, oh, yeah, this is totally the same dude in a <laughs> yeah. ghost story. Yep. Um, and I, I, I absolutely felt that with, with how he just likes to play with just existential thought processes <laughs> and the the way time moves um to go into his experiences now with like the hispanic family of uh, this single mother and her two kids i i wanted to ask you too because i watched this on my my i have a blu-ray copy but did it put subtitles for their dialogue in the version you watched no okay it didn't for me either and I love that. I love I that it was sort of like it doesn't matter what they're saying; it's irrelevant. Like if you it doesn't matter if at you all. know Spanish, great, great. You, you can understand what they're talking about. But really, it's just it's insignificant. Like this movie's practically a silent film. There's minimal dialogue. There's save for the one specific scene where a guy talks for like a six-minute monologue. It's
1: just an incredible outline of a beautiful story. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like it's practically a silent film, and. I love that whole sequence though and how it plays off those tropes the the ghost in the closet he's standing yep. there opening the closet door the kid shooting the gun at him yep him when he picks up the glass of milk and you get that cutaway perspective yep. for a moment where you don't see him and you see this floating glass and you get a full-on poltergeist moment yep. of him sort of having a fit and just trying to have them leave the house
1: having him breaking all of those plates was such an incredible moment oh
0: yeah it's a great sequence i love too that because he doesn't speak and he kind of does you, yeah you, he speaks with subtitles yeah <laughs> um but because he uh, doesn't like really speak i love that his emotions can get portrayed through the way he flares up like electricity in the yeah. house also just plays off sort of what you come to expect from ghost movies and it's not a spooky thing but literally just a, a depiction of emotional resonance when he does and, that
1: and that was one of those things that happened with the with rooney mara after she had gone on a date he got pretty upset about yes. it and the lighting started to flicker the flare and then yep. it then it shoot like it shoots straight to her laying on the ground listening mm-hmm. to music um, yep. and like that just kind of portrays obviously the moment of time but also like how his anger carries over into another moment that he doesn't realize yeah. it
0: is. Yeah, the, uh, the the visual storytelling of this movie is masterful because it, it it's a, just a brilliant work of show, don't tell, save for the one scene where there's a lot of telling. Yeah. But I love that scene. I, I think that scene's wonderful. But it's like the only scene where there's like, I don't even want to say exposition, but it's sort of like a character emphasizing a point that, plays into the overall yeah theme of the movie um speaking of as you mentioned to go back to with rooney mara um, her listening to the song and that whole way that scene cut back to her listening to it on like his studio headphones and the memory of listening to the song and it's loud and it's big and you're in that in the moment when he's showing it to her and then cutting to her laying on the floor with it in her earbuds mm-hmm. and the way the sound flip-flops between the sound of like it playing in some earbuds Versus, like, the first time she heard it. The flash back and forward to a memory and to, like, present day just recollection. So beautifully done. Her reaching on, like, almost touching the sheet that he's, like, yeah. standing over her. Great. Yeah. Just just killer stuff. I, I, I love, yeah, that it does lead to... The overarching thing, too, that we I, I should we mention. The plot point yeah, of the, the entire movie. core, which is him picking at a seam in the wall that she had painted over where she stuck a hidden note that he just has to know what she wrote in there because she talks about how she would do it as a kid. And it was like you leave a personal message and it's a part of you that's still there. And his, like, number one goal is to just try to get this note out of the wall, and he can't do it very easily because of the sheet in the way. Yeah. Um, And and so watching him do it is also, just throughout the movie, every time you see him picking at the wall, it's just like Painful. painful to watch. And you know that that's his priority. Um, and, and you're you're watching time pass by too and that's where like I love where it's like the first scene where like after she moves out when he kneels down to start doing it and immediately a family yeah. is just fully moved in and he's like annoyed that they're there <laughs> um, I, I love how it shows like there's probably plenty of time that passed because it literally seemed like within seconds she leaves and a new family had moved in and you know that it was not seconds yeah it was days, weeks however long that he was sitting there picking at it before they came in and just to showcase how time is just viewed differently now. Great stuff. Love. Uh, also, we gotta talk about Neighbor Ghost.
1: Oh yeah, Neighbor Ghost was incredible. I also love the sheeting that they used yes, for the I Neighbor love Ghost. That the neighbor
0: Ghost was a different sheet, like a floral sheet. <laughs> yeah, floral sheet. I love that they're looking at each other through the windows and they communicate with subtitles. Yeah, like I do they, love like, that. Like a wave at each Telepathically, other. Telepathically, like, like a conversation, but no actual like you don't hear any words being spoken but they're communicating to each other
1: i also like that they portray how like disparaging it's going to be for him later on Mm -hmm. to realize that he might
0: forget what his purpose is the the neighbor ghost is also a very tragic figure because you see the neighbor ghost of like sitting there waiting for someone and they don't even remember who they're waiting for it's super sad it's It's so sad Um but yeah yeah the neighbor ghost which was David Lowry I don't know if you saw Oh that. I didn't know that yeah. that's incredible. Yeah so David Lowry was the neighbor ghost. <laughs> um yeah he he did all those scenes. Yeah I I thought that was a great inclusion in the way uh the neighbor ghost also like disappears later just coming to a conclusion that whoever this ghost is will never find who they're looking for and just vanishes. Yep. was also just like a devastating moment i
1: i loved how many types of people were throughout this home like i i loved the party scene the party scene was yes. great um i don't i feel like this is one of those moments that was like very needed in a movie that's saying nothing is a, yeah. is you know obviously bald guy is going to give you a lot of exposition about the actual overarching meaning of the film yeah and he did I thought his performance was incredible
0: oh yeah his uh, his whole speech is great apparently that was written before this movie was written like, oh, that, really? like this was like a monologue that like David Lowry had written out at one point and then just was like I should put this in the movie um, so <laughs> it, it, it wasn't even like something that like he wrote it all in one thing it was like no I wrote out this monologue and then thought like oh this this it fits, fits it fits with the themes that I'm going for with this film so I'll have it in here um, but yeah that guy's delivery was great um, you get a Surprise cameo from Kesha. Yeah. Um, have, <laughs> what? Yeah. 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 I yeah, would have never guessed that. Like, oh, like this incredible film, would, like one of my favorite movies, would happen to feature a, a cameo from Kesha. <laughs> but here we are. Um, yeah. Apparently, the whole story behind that and how that happened was they just wanted to use her song playing in the background at the party. No way, and then she was like, oh, I'll be an extra that's badass, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so like her song is playing, yeah in the scene, and also she's just there <laughs> um, yeah, just surprise Kesha cameo i I love that guy's whole monologue, though, um I know that some people seem to be kind of mixed on it where they think it maybe is a little too heavy handed. I liked it, I also think it just like you said it's a nice break from the silence, um his his the way he presents it is good you get some kind of needed levity in yeah
1: he, he's got a lot of theatrics when he's telling yeah. the story um also like for a movie that's already depressing the fuck out of me why yeah. not just step on the gas because that's what that that did for me because yeah. if you weren't already depressed about like the thought process of death later on in life mm-hmm. okay let's tax on you know nothing actually matters and you know you're moving towards death and you're insignificant you're a piece yeah. of sand mm-hmm.
0: yep yeah yeah the way he he emphasizes it and somehow finds a way to do it in a way that's entertaining and yeah debating while he's depressing you um and i don't know i didn't feel out of place too because that felt like such a hipster party yeah like there was magicians and stuff <laughs> hanging out so him like just sitting at the table of people after they've had a handful of drinks and he's just just going on about like just the direction of our lives and existence it's like yeah this feels like there'd be some random table at a party. <laughs> some dude this. in the
1: back just fucking letting out what he's wanted to yeah, tell people we're,
0: we're some middle aged bald dude like wearing like nail polish in suspenders is gonna <laughs> just go on about the the meaning of life and how existence is just pure nothingness yeah like that feels about right and it was a uh, a great monologue I, I loved what he emphasized there just just how the, the reality of time basically I, I think it's it's a great moment which then leads to following that where like the pacing continues to just skyrocket oh there. yeah we're suddenly like we're watching who knows how long go by the, the house gets torn down fucked up to which shit, is just like there is that feeling of like no <laughs> I know, and, and
1: i i don 't know if you looked into this when you were reading it, but one of the reasons that he wanted to write this film um was just about how I think he was moving at the time his wife yes. really wanted to move, mm-hmm. and a, a lot of it is like him coming to terms with like leaving a place mm-hmm. that he feels comfortable in, so seeing the house that this entire movie's take taken place in and you felt you felt at home
0: the entire oh, yeah. movie with as well yeah. crumble down and then mm-hmm. be destroyed oh, th- that scene it's such a kick in the balls yeah because he has he's the almost notes. there he has the note he's like literally taking it out before a bulldozer which almost comes in like a jump scare <laughs> comes in and just demolishes the house and you just see him standing there with the rubble all oh, around oh my him. god and, and gorgeous shot of him standing in this rubble you watch the bulldozer move away and there's just the sheet ghost standing in the middle of this just wreckage, and just you know that he can 't get what he was looking for like there 's no way he 's going to find this now anymore, yeah, and you watch him just stand there as who knows how long goes by, and a massive office building gets built there, and you get a glimpse of the future, yeah you see like like this rural farmland is suddenly now like housing this giant office building and like you get these glimpses of these like future skyscrapers that are just yeah. in the distance becomes this massive big city and they're like holograms and like,
1: i i really loved that entire sequence because i was like i don't know what the movie is gonna do mm-hmm. from here on out yep um i did i will bring this back uh because i mean i'm not gonna like like this will kind of bring in the ending but mm-hmm. Um, a big thing is when I was first watching, like when I was first watching the beginning scenes and the piano played. Mm-hmm. I looked at my girlfriend and I was like, "That's, That's going to be him." Yeah, because I mean, it's it's a it's a trope, but yeah, and it's an incredible trope. But I love yeah. being able to to kind of guess yeah. what the storyteller is going to do for me later yeah. on.
0: And they still find a way to subvert that trope yeah. in a weird way because, yes, like you know, it's like okay, like. Probably his ghost and it does come back around because yeah, he Attempts to kill himself basically (laughs) jumps off this building and you're like, yeah, like what? Where do we go from here? In the first watch where it's like a ghost can't kill itself. Like (laughs) how are you like what is gonna happen here? And it hard cuts to just pioneer days and basically you get the first glimpse of someone just plotting land for where that house will be assembled and That whole sequence is stunning because it's like such a shock to the system seeing the future city to now the pioneer times. I loved that the little girl is humming his song.
1: Yeah, I also loved that the little girl put a note Mm -hmm. underneath the rock.
0: Because that was just a beautiful
1: thing to tie in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just a a poetic moment of also, like, people from even way back when trying to put their mark on a place. Yeah. And and hiding it. And you don't even get to see what her, like, little drawing was or whatever, but it's still that, like, reference to, like, yeah, leaving your your mark and that that piece of you in that space. And uh, then you get the incredibly haunting scene of the family shot up with arrows and then a hard cut to just decomposing little girl. The way that he does death is mm-hmm. incredible. Yep. And, and, and that scene in particular was like one where like, he basically does the same scene again, almost in the Green Knight, yep. where like I like specifically in the Green Knight thought of that scene in a ghost story. See, and since it's I the watched that I inverse, yeah. yeah, yeah, total inverse for you, but yeah, like like I was just like, of course he did that, <laughs> uh, and uh yeah, that that image of the decomposing bodies too, just haunting stuff before coming around to suddenly here they are moving in you see himself when he was living and you get this sort of cycle and that's where I bring up like when I talked about the start of this like eternity and the whole idea of like something that is eternal there is no start point because yep. like I think a lot of people think like oh it's, it's eternal they, they, that means that it's endless it's like yes if it's endless that goes both directions and the way the movie played off that where it's like yeah like the cycle of this where he's Existing in a plane that is, he's not just always going to the future. He's yeah. existing in the past as well, and so for him to be able to haunt his past, like his past self, himself, and yes, you get the reveal of like, yeah, he was the one who knocked the piano, like hit the keys. But the subversion of the trope was when you realize that he's now haunting his ghost yeah. too and that's where it was like okay this is genius <laughs> like now like there is his ghost in the his room, ghost and in the room with his him. ghost and you don't see that yeah. in the first part of the film so he's watching his ghost and uh he yeah finally gets his his moment to pick the note out again and
1: and and this is one of those yeah. things where uh, this is this is one of those things where I'm happy that they did it in the way they did, Mm -hmm. but I also, you know, am slightly mad about it at the same time. But Mm -hmm. I guess let me put it this way. David Lowry couldn't have wrote anything on that note Mm -hmm. that would have done it for me. Yeah. No matter what was written on that note,
0: it wouldn't have
1: done what I wanted it to do. No,
0: no. The significance is that he reads it yep and that was where it was like such a flawless ending where he he opens the note and it's like the moment he opens it just gone incredible and cut to credits and it was like just perfectly done I I cr- I cry throughout watching this movie but I also just I cry in movies <laughs> like I, I cry watching plenty of movies but this movie is just it, it just throws you through a loop just watching it I loved the the direction he decided to take it how, it, how he ended it Um, apparently the actual real note that Rooney Mara wrote stayed in the house no one ever took it out or read it and that house really did get demolished and they actually were able to film in it for free because it was already like oh yeah I saw that yeah yeah so it was condemned but yeah like she left the note there and no one ever read it and just went with all the rubble (laughs) That's actually um, incredible. So yeah, you never actually see, like, no. And apparently it's been long enough now that Rooney Mara forgot what she wrote. <laughs> but she wrote something in it, and, yeah, the house got destroyed, and the note went with it. So, yeah, whatever she wrote, it wasn't the same thing that he pulled out. But She wrote, I hated the pie. Yeah, yeah this <laughs> pie sucks. Uh, yeah, well, and I think it was kind of smart how david lowry did it because like he he's basically said like he his direction for her when she put the note in there too was literally was like write something incredibly personal and just do it and he like didn't tell her what to write and so it was like it's why like even in that scene where it's like her performance is good as she's writing it out because it's literally just her writing something that is that meaningful she connects to her with, yeah that she's doing that um yeah i love how it ends and like if it sounds like we are speed running through the remainder of the plot it's because literally like i would say over half of it is like them like, yeah. like, like, like the start of it is very slow and then just time flies by for the last chunk of it and you you feel it there is this sense like the movie is short but it feels long in a good way uh like like there's a feeling to it when it's by the time it's over where it's like i feel like i've lived through like this is a shared experience
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i i wrote down one of the first notes that i wrote down is that this is one of the best paced movies that i've ever watched oh yeah the pacing's amazing Um, i don't think that i don't think that many people could have the balls to hold the scene as long as he does i don't think as many people could have enough balls to like Mm -hmm. tell a story that's this depressing and this yeah I felt existential dread for the entire night after I watched it. I watched this yeah. at, like, 9 o'clock. Going to bed, I couldn't even, like, go to sleep without thinking about death.
0: Yeah, yeah, the way the movie just sticks with you. And well, and I love when ghost stories, like, because this one is a very unique one, but I also am just a fan of how, how ghost stories, if done right, can actually capture a certain side of existentialism and, and of, of grief. And, and and lost because I, I think that this movie conveys it in a way that I think is special and how it portrays memories and the flow of time. It it's just not done in a way that's designed to be scary. Yeah. I like that about that. And I, I think it we need more ghost movies that aren't scary but thoughtful. Yeah. Um I, I, I think like another great example for me personally is like The Orphanage. Uh the Orphanage, which does play a little more on the the horror side. Still, by the time that ends, the way it is handling ghosts is also on on the long along the lines of like what this movie does, where it is a thoughtful, just reflection on people who used to be here. Yeah, and I think that's wonderful. I I love this movie. I I'm very happy you recommended it. I'm glad that you were able to watch it because I know I've told you plenty about it. I've been yeah. singing its praises for a while. So, yeah, man. Um, any kind of closing thoughts? I know I have like one little piece of trivia that I want to throw your way just because I thought it was cool. This was Guillermo del Toro's favorite movie of 2017 when it came out. Oh, that's um, incredible. Yeah. Said it was one of the best ghost movies ever made, which agreed. I definitely agree. Yeah. But that's like the last like kind of trivia thing I think I have for you there. Um, curious I, what your closing I, thoughts are. I don't
1: are. really have anything other than I want to give it a rating. Yeah. So, um, I give this a nine out of 10. Okay. Um, I am a A24 fanboy. Mm-hmm. I think that they uh, put out incredible works, but I think it's also that they let a director make a movie that they want to make. And I think that this movie was stunning visually. Um I think the message was super powerful. Um I I think my only qualms with the movie is some of the uh some of the latter effects like the 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 building scenes and stuff like that. Mm. You could have made the, like the movie could have been in theory shorter, but I don't think it would have, it would have done it for me as, as this did. Mm-hmm. So, um, this movie really struck a chord in me. Uh, this is my second movie of da- David Lowry's. Mm-hmm. And whatever he does, I'm going to watch now. Yeah. Like totally e- every, him. <laughs> everything that he's done has been incredible. I, I saw that he's doing Peter Pan. So I don't know how to feel about that. But well,
0: he also did Pete's dragon. Yeah. No one saw Pete's yeah, dragon. I, I didn't see, see Pete Pete's dragon. dragon. I heard it was, I heard people said it was good, but I also just like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't care about Disney. Yeah, That's I don't my care problem. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think he's a great director and I'm sort Pete's dragon is a fine movie, but also I'm more interested in the projects that he does that aren't tied to them. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I agree with your points. Before I give you my rating, I'm curious, which do you prefer out of the two that you've seen, uh, Green Knight or this?
1: Ah, oh, dude, I think that, I, think that I, I like this one more. Okay. Which is yeah. kind of interesting because I loved The Green Knight. Like, yeah. I really did. Like, after getting out of that experience, uh-huh. I, I felt like he was one of the best directors uh, of yeah. right now. But this movie was so powerful to me that I, yeah. I can't let... The Green Knight over it for me.
0: Yeah, so I, I will agree with you there, too. I, I like this more than The Green Knight. This is a 10 out of 10 for me. I love this movie. Um, e- easy 10. It was like, I, I don't need to think about I like <laughs> why I would give it that that praise. It's Everything it sets out to do, it does it incredibly. It is deeply impactful, incredibly thoughtful. You get the unique take on a ghost story in general as a fan of ghost movies to begin with yep. I, I love this take on it I also just love the mood love the way it's filmed the way it just lingers with you afterwards it's incredible to me it's flawless 10 out of 10 absolutely adore it one of my favorite films yeah.
1: I agree I think it's in my
0: A24 top 5 Yeah, for sure likewise I would say it's definitely a top 5 A24 film for me as well um and uh, with that, now that we 've talked about a very deep and somber film, you 're ready to talk about something oh more i more am
1: goofy. I am very excited to
0: talk about Haosu. okay yeah let 's do this
1: okay, and now we 're going to be talking about Haosu. um this one is a Japanese movie directed by i 'm going to butcher this mm-hmm. name uh nobuhiko Obayashi. um this movie is is pretty weird um it 's about a It's about a girl who is going to go on like a vacation with her dad. And then her dad appears with basically a a new mom is how he describes it to her. Um, And she's not very happy about that situation whatsoever. So she decides that she's going to write a letter to her aunt and visit her since she hasn't seen her aunt since um, the death of her mother. She goes to her aunt's, uh, a big mansion, uh, with a bunch of her friends and uh, some wackiness ensues, I would say.
0: Yes, yeah, this is a very psychedelic movie. Yes, uh, incredibly psychedelic. The best way to sort of describe it is like if you were to mix like Poltergeist with Alice in Wonderland through the framing of a Beatles music video. <laughs> That, that is like the best way I can describe how this movie feels. I
1: think that's a great description. Um, mm. One of the things that I don't want to get too much into trivia before we go, but a lot of the visuals are really weird and don't don't really feel like anything I've ever seen in, in yeah. any movie ever. Yeah. Um, and the director said that he wanted it to be playful. like He wanted to make it look like a kid had basically made the scenes. Yeah, Like, he had made all the drawings over the top of
0: the, the yeah. movie. Well, because I know his, like, daughter had a big influence, big influence on, like, on the it. way, like, he even wrote out some of the scenes. Because she was, like, he basically based a lot of the sequences off, like, weird nightmares that yeah. she had. So, like, the whole film, like, as a compliment feels like a child made it. Like, it's not an insult. Like, it has this childlike whimsy to it um, that is just just bonkers
1: it's really fun like there's a lot of yeah. depressing elements that are are bled through in this movie but like it was a lot of fun the entire time
0: yeah oh yeah it's it's, it's a fun ride i uh i love that like from scene one it's incredibly psychedelic has these crazy visuals that the eyeball that pops up in yep. the house logo before Yeah. You know, like teeth show up and crunch it and it, the weird like house like <laughs> voice that it does at the beginning is great um music is always playing throughout this film there's yeah. no silence yeah. this is a movie where it is always playing music um it was kind of funny my wife while we were watching it she commented on she was like this like especially in the f- opening like the earlier scenes she was like, this constant music makes this feel like a commercial. Yeah, which is funny because he's, a, he's com- a commercial. He was a, he was a commercial director. <laughs> this was his first feature-length film, but she was watching this, Like, like, this feels like a commercial, which I can totally see because it's, like, got this, like, over exaggerated lighting and everything's so bubbly and just playing this happy music
1: well and even like the first scene that you see of like the dad's new wife like uh, the way dude. she enters the scene is one of the funniest it's things hilarious. i've ever
0: seen her character is so funny because <laughs> she always is just flowing in the wind <laughs> in every scene even when she's indoors. Yeah. <laughs> like the her scenes Her she, scarf is just yeah, her scarf is always in the wind. blowing. She's like just this like angelic figure every time you see her, but it's just it's comical. Just how like just every time she just walks in the room it's just like this fan just gently <laughs> blowing her scarf and like blouse <laughs> and her hair just gently waving. I, I also
1: loved that like the one of the weird things with the editing in this movie is he did a lot of like scenes where it would like zoom into somebody's face in a mm-hmm. circular like in the middle like looney tunes. frame looney tunes yeah yeah, yeah. It,
0: it's got such frantic overly stylized editing um the uh, the whole like opening scene too of like the, the cityscape yeah like seeing that and, and it's like it it feels practically like a children's film at the beginning in particular mm-hmm. um with like a hot mr togo Um, I'm calling him that because they were all like thinking he was like just the most handsome man on the planet but the scene of him like just leaving his like house or his apartment and then slipping and getting his ass stuck in a bucket the bucket scene (laughs) I it was a
1: work of art, honestly. Like that, that scene alone minted this movie for me. I felt yeah. like I felt like after that, the movie could do no wrong because that was so fucking
0: stupid. Yeah, yeah, it was just like immediate, like him, like like the the weird like sort of stop motion of him like just falling down the stairs yeah. and into the street, and then there's a kid playing the drums on it while he's like on the phone trying to tell people that he's running late because he got. And a he's still on walking
1: around with the bucket on
0: his ass. It's so funny, and yet like apparently this guy's supposed to be like the hot teacher. Yeah. All these girls are like like super attracted to uh, i uh i gotta point out too as we get into it this movie has like a snow white and the seven dwarves approach to how they named the oh, characters. oh yeah and
1: that i love that
0: yeah yeah no it's so fun and, and there are seven characters just like there are seven yeah. dwarves but like all of the names so there is gorgeous um who is always putting on makeup is the pretty one that's yep. like how they do it they're sweet who is just very nice and always giving out compliments um there's mac who is apparently the fat one even though even though she's not fat at all she just she she has a round face so therefore she's the fat one and she's always eating um there's uh kung fu best character yeah kung fu is so great and she's got her own theme song kung fu is great like i don't even need to explain (laughs) hers she just does kung fu and there's uh like prof uh professor professor
1: yeah because um, she's got glasses she's, and she's analytical
0: yeah because she's a total nerd um I think there's also a melody the one who does all of the uh all, all the plays music, all the piano plays, plays the piano plays the guitar always making songs and then there's fantasy the one that just is daydreaming all yeah. the time i i just love it i love the simplicity of it i i think it's so fun it fits with that like it feels like a child made it. Like this feels like a child's dream. It's like ca- if you wandered into a child's nightmare, it's this.
1: <laughs> and it's like really endearing. Like I don't oh, yeah. like I had a lot of fun watching this movie because the characters were
0: so fucking wacky, dude. Oh yeah, wacky characters, the presentation's wacky. Like when they eventually do go to see the the auntie and they're on the train ride and she tells the story of her aunt mm-hmm. and it turns into like an old school like World War Two era. or Like even like like yeah, like World War Two era like silent film. And that's a that's another thing. And they're that's... watching the film that she's telling. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, that's another th- weird thing about this movie is the the movie's so wacky and fun, and then there's like this underlying meaning of like the pain of loss oh, from yeah. war. Oh I know. Just like it's masked in this fun, a fun movie, and mm-hmm. then it ends with like the
0: saddest. Yeah, yeah, it's dealing with yeah, the the pain of loss for war and grief, but then yeah, you'll have like cartoon film reel edges as it's showing <laughs> an old silent film or even like in fantasies fantasies they turn into like this like over exaggerated like just once upon a time like, yes yeah. got mr togo rides in on a horse <laughs> like just the way it's constantly changing of the film styles this more than like almost any other movie i can like almost confidently say is a live action cartoon it it's not animated but somehow it also is completely animated. It feels like
1: something, it feels like nothing I've ever seen before. Yeah. Like this movie is unique to itself and itself only. I I can't think of, ha- like you described it with three movies to mm-hmm. to kind of bring it to or like yeah. three things to bring it together. It's hard to put a one note on this movie at yeah. all.
0: There's nothing that like you can directly compare it to. Like, like it, it is its own thing entirely. and I, And I love just the overabundance of style. The uh I I love how delightfully cheesy the whole train montage is. Yep. Like from the the like almost children's show theme song that it has playing about like eating fruit, I think. And they're just like just running off like that one in particular, like really just feels full on music video. (laughs) Um as as they're they're driving away and the train is just like a little like paper cutout train that's going along the edges. Uh I also going into some music. I love the score. It is incredibly repetitive, and I can see how it could get old for people. But also, like, the theme music to this Mm -hmm. movie is so good. Every time the music plays, it's like, I don't care if you hear it a lot. It just sounds beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, it does sound beautiful. It's a beautiful soundtrack.
1: Um, You mentioned, like, the the black and white uh, moments of, like, the Mm -hmm. war scenes. Yeah. Um, There was one part of that that I really loved. It was, like them cartoonishly drawing a rose and then blood on the rose and it just
0: looks so poorly drawn Uh oh i know (laughs) yeah yeah the the, the animation in it is so just crude but in like a really charming way and
1: it's and it's like intentional which Mm -hmm. is the thing that's so odd about it like it's not like we didn't have obviously they probably didn't have a crazy budget but it's not like there was budget constraints like it was purely intentional
0: from the director to make it look this way this actually had like a pretty sizable budget like it was one like there was a lot of production that went into it and uh like because do you know how this movie got funded i read into
1: well i read into the company that made uh this movie Mm -hmm. for him yeah Uh, well like funded it and backed it um i read that they had like basically released like a couple of movies and all of the movies did poorly and they were just like easy to make movies yeah, and they took a chance on him to do something weird and out of the normal for them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, and apparently this was supposed to be Japan's answer to Jaws. Yeah. Which is like so fun. weird because it is nothing, nothing like, like, like Jaws. Jaws. Nothing like it at all. But yet like it, it, yeah, it's this just batshit insane experience, weird haunted house movie it's somehow supposed to be like, well yeah, it's like those scary movies that Westerners like. <laughs> like like I I like something got lost in translation there. I'm glad it did yeah. because this movie's crazy fun. But yeah, like this is like like it has nothing in, in any way comparable to Jaws in it. Like doesn't even have the tension of Jaws. Yeah, like, not like, at like, all. There's nothing there to even say like how did you like how did Jaws come to mind when you made this? <laughs> um, but, but I, I think that's hilarious. Um, and, and then to like actually start to get into, as they approach the house, I love that they're guided by Blanche the cat. Yep. Which- just Blanche is such a funny name, I think, for this cat.
1: I also loved Melon Man. Melon Man, yeah. And his Melon his uh,
0: his watermelon that looks like it's a beach ball that <laughs> was made to yes. look like a watermelon. Yes. Well, and his first appearance is already just so weird. It felt like a... Like, it's funny because, like, it wasn't really even a trope back then, but still somehow felt like a subversion of, like, the creepy gas station yeah. guy who was like, you don't want to go up there. <laughs> like, like... He's just hiding behind a watermelon, head perfectly placed, <laughs> When like, Mac steals this watermelon, and, uh, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to that house. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, like, have fun. Um, and then uh, Mac, of course, gets a watermelon because she's fat, and then uh, <laughs> they they wander off to the house, and then he has, like, a conversation with, I'm just going to assume his watermelon wife. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a hat on, and he's, he's talking to this watermelon. He's like, those girls are going to die um and and by the way my joke about mac i still think it's so funny how much they try to emphasize like like comment on her weight. i know it, it's so funny because like oh mac of course you're gonna take this you fat ass, you fatty and it's like she's
1: not we, fat at all like the same
0: size as everyone else here <laughs> like just like the girl with the rounder face it's uh, it's so funny um, but, yeah, they wander off. And, and Matt carries that watermelon for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, through, like, a good chunk of that movie, it takes a while before she actually is able to let go of that watermelon when she gets to Auntie's house, when they all get there.
1: I love I love that when they get there, the doors just kind of, like, open up. Like, like this house
0: has, like, Alexa. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they, they open, and, and immediately it's like, oh, yeah. It, like, Auntie does not look suspicious at yeah. all. Like, like, they're like oh, yeah, look at her. And it's like, yeah, she's, like, clearly like she's got something and the cat
1: just jumps right on her lap out the gate like oh yeah i've I've been waiting to see you
0: Mm -hmm. again yeah like oh i've been waiting for your letter it's like (laughs) um yeah like like, yeah yeah clearly you're you're normal
1: (laughs) i love the green eyes that they like the green sparkles that they put in the cat eyes whenever the cat's like yes the cat doing its
0: (laughs) magical powers (laughs) um they, they they go there and that's where things really start to to hit the fan is when like of course like mac decides to put the watermelon in the well yep and co uh, goes back to retrieve it and never returns and uh, and then we get the 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 beautiful scene <laughs> of mac's severed head <laughs> flying out of a well and i don't even know i don't remember which girl that was but she just flies up and it bites the bites girl her on the, the ass,
1: ass. And, and it's just I think it was fantasy it, it
0: probably uh, yeah I think you're yeah he right. was fantasy, fantasy was like traumatized by it and they're like <laughs> fantasy you're crazy like that didn't happen um, so yeah I think you're right like, yeah, she bites f- fantasy's ass and it, it just that is really where I think the moment like the moment where the film just like goes pedal to them yep like it just loses its mind after that moment it's an insane fucking movie like it's already weird like it's already crazy but the moment that severed head bites the girl's ass (laughs) (laughs) everything just loses its mind uh, the, the dancing skeleton might be the, the best dancing- character in the movie. Dude, that
1: entire, like, scene with, like, the ant going into the fridge and then, like, appearing on the raft.
0: <laughs> Dude, that scene is so funny. Well, also, when she gets up out of her wheelchair, yeah. and they're like, you can walk. And she's like, yeah, you guys gave me energy. And it's like, you, you, aren't, you aren't suspicious of this.
1: She's got, like, Max, like, eyeballs
0: in her mouth.
1: And she's, like, yeah. she's like showing it to Fantasy. I know, just points
0: her, eye, like, the eyeball at her. What the um Yeah, and then her dancing montage, she falls into the fridge. Yeah. which At one point, she was like, "It's out of order." <laughs> it's like you knew that something was gonna happen with that fridge, and oh, just yeah. to see it like fly, like fly open, and her just fall into it <laughs> is such like it just looks so funny. Um, and, yeah, and her dancing off on the rafters, and I, I love the little, little chattering sound effect of the skeleton as it's dancing. It's just like this, like teeth chattering as it yeah. just, like, waves its arms around, and it's so cheap looking. It's so funny. <laughs>
1: I like the uh I like the scene with the mirror when like Gorgeous is getting ready mm-hmm. in the mirror and like the mirror breaks
0: and like <laughs> Yeah, and then like everything's just flames and it like superimposes yeah, flames she's, over. She's Gorgeous. now flames. <laughs> she's just sitting there as this like flame person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all of it's just bonkers. Um kung fu all of her moments where she has to do kung fu yeah. is so great. The the little theme song her kicking like glass shards out of the way when like a chandelier falls is hilarious she's like
1: fighting logs in the beginning of the movie like the ghosts are like throwing like logs
0: at her yes yeah yeah like these just killer logs and she just fights them off and then like thinks nothing of it basically i know she's like oh yeah like you know like it's fine i know kung fu so it's okay (laughs) like i i'm totally safe so it doesn't matter if these logs want to fight me i also like that the movie not only does it do the aspect of, like, their
1: personalities or how they're toyed with, or, like, their personalities or how they uh, are named, mm-hmm. nicknamed, but it also toys with them in the way that the the things are attacking them or the things are toying with them in the movie. Like, yeah. Mac turns into a water... Like, goes to get a watermelon because she's, quote-unquote, fat. I know, And yeah. then she's now the watermelon <laughs> being pulled out of the well. Yes. Um, you have, like, gorgeous she's like looking in the mirror Mm -hmm. and that's how she becomes like possessed
0: yep exactly yeah the the way it it plays off those it it does so many of those weird moments was it was it sweet that gets killed by mattresses yeah yeah sweet that yeah death by mattress which also is just funny yeah like like the the house killing them of course the the most iconic death i would say has to be melody the piano death makes the like i know i said the bucket (laughs) scene
1: was incredible the the piano but the piano death i've never seen anything it's so iconic
0: film it's so weird like
1: this movie is a crit is a kite a Mm criteria
0: classic yeah yeah it's in the collection yeah i love that about (laughs) it like that it's considered this classic And, and it is but yeah watching the piano eat her all of that scene is just so weird Cause like you get like her severed limbs flying around and like her head floats up and she's like, oh, that's naughty. (laughs) It's like what? What? what, Like what what is going on? Like this
1: this entire movie feels like an acid
0: trip. (laughs) Oh yeah, it really does. Yeah, it's crazy. I love the piano death scene. I love when just like I think it's fantasy that just drinks a cup of blood water yeah and like doesn't even doesn't think it, even and it like, pulls water from the well and it's just just clearly just bright red <laughs> just drinks it um and everyone's like stripping in this movie yeah um which just it just adds to the absurdity of it all. That it's was like that oh, was, she
1: stripped. That was one of the trivia things that I read into that was weird. Like the mm-hmm. the the main character didn't want, like, felt uncomfortable about having a nude scene, mm-hmm. and so the aunt actually got nude as well to make her feel comfortable. But then the director was like, "Oh, you're willing to get naked? We're going to put <laughs> you in the movie naked as
0: well towards the end." That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Like I know he. He tried to get as many nude scenes as he could <laughs> in, in there, which is just so funny. And all of those girls, too, were models. Not yeah. Like, none of them were, like, trained actresses or anything like that. He all hi- he hired all these models and just insisted that they all get naked. <laughs> get naked? naked? <laughs> which is just... This movie's fucking bonkers. Get,
1: get naked and wear scant clad clothes the entire movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. It,
0: exactly. And just... I know, because they're all, like, running around practically in their underwear to begin with. I mean, like, at Kung Fu the entire movie. I know, she's,
1: like, practically running around in her
0: panties. Like Maybe the whole maybe film.
1: that makes her better at Kung Fu. <laughs> maybe, yeah.
0: Well, and even, like, Mac was wearing, like, the shortest shorts imaginable yeah. to begin with. Like, it was just so so funny just how, like, just in your face he was with it. Like, he just didn't care. <laughs> um, the, the house flooding is great. The, the, the just spewing of just... Blood from the, the cat picture.
1: <laughs> the, every cat moment was so incredible. Like, the, the glimmer in the eyes always made me laugh. Yeah. And then, like, you have additional touches of, like, the kung fu battle at the end was, like, perfectly done.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. The, the fact that they decided to include that in there is great. You know, Blanche. Uh, Blanche is such an iconic character. An iconic movie animal. Um, yeah, I... I love too, like how goofy it gets with even some of like, some of the props that they use. Because there's like a random like surprise m- like mummy jump scare. Yeah, just like out of like a closet, this like mummy flies out, and it's like, clearly just a mannequin. <laughs> and it looks just so cheap. He just like took
1: everything that he could, like that he learned from commercials, and just like threw it at those movies. It was like I'm gonna do every practical effect that I can think of, imaginable, and add it to this.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, and and there is just this fun element of that, like, this is, like, clearly, like, if you were to, like, it, it was clearly, like, just a lost in translation thing, but it's almost like, yeah, like, if you were to describe what a haunted house movie is to someone who's never seen a haunted house movie, yeah. who knows nothing of haunted house movies, and then ask them to make it, that's what this movie is. Where it's like, oh yeah, there's ghosts and they, they fly around and they scare the, the kids that are in the house. And like monsters. And he's like, okay, let <laughs> like just put everything <laughs> in it. And, and what if a piano ate someone and then their fingers, s- severed fingers, just continued playing the song <laughs> and get, like just get pelted with goldfish?
1: It's such a weird, like I, I don't even have enough words to like describe the feelings that I felt while watching this movie. Yeah. I, I felt warmth in my heart, like it oh, was yeah. like, it was, it was so fun, like and especially, I, I watched this um, before I watched Ghost Story. I should have done the reverse, mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> this movie felt like a breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a joyous experience like in general like watching it is so unique anytime like you re-watch it too like i've I've seen it twice now and it still has its same charms because i don't know any other movie i can compare it to i've seen plenty of other horror comedies and in movies that have similar sort of frantic pacing yeah but nothing is like this (laughs) like nothing has this level of just just bonkers cartoony Literal drawings being used, and yeah. the way it's constantly changing up its film style, its overly repetitive but beautiful music, um, the just the sets are so fascinating. I love that he like practically just keeps reusing the same sunset backdrop. Yeah, um,
1: I also like that there was like many scenes where they had like fake cutouts of like scenery behind them. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought that that it's was great. a good addition.
0: Yeah, it's it's a joyful movie despite that it also has like some heavy themes in there yeah. in the background of yeah the the trauma of war and the loss of, of loved ones um i need to talk about because just has to at least be mentioned the fate of mr togo the man who <laughs> was on his quest to go rescue them before he turned into a pile a of bananas, pile
1: of bananas dude.
0: <laughs> it's just like and like like and the only real explanation i can think of is just because the property is cursed by a witch that's like, the only like explanation like, that makes <laughs> any sense cuz otherwise it's just he pulls up he talks to watermelon man and then
1: <laughs> and then watermelon man turns into like a watermelon like there's like a cut out of a, a card yeah. of a cut out of the watermelon's face at the end
0: yeah yeah cuz then like yeah watermelon man dies and, and then uh mr togo climbs into this <laughs> climbs back into his little buggy and just says banana 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 and, and then turns, <laughs> turns into, into a banana. pile of bananas <laughs> <laughs> like literally like i read that actually before the release of the film and they actually like polished the script and everything he had his 10 year old daughter listed as a co-writer oh my um, god because i mean this feels like a child it writer. does feel like, like a child does. wrote it like in, in a good way um it's just so full of imagination and creativity absolute insanity um then i guess married new mom comes to save the day yeah
1: that's the thing is like there's actually like a lot of like touchy elements in this movie that's like it almost feels like it's just like it feels like it's like you said it feels like a cartoon but then there's like She's dealing with the problems of accepting a new mother, uh-huh. yeah. and then you have like the imagery of war to show about like losing, some, like not mm-hmm. only losing your mom, but also like losing your lover and waiting for them to return, knowing that they're not going to return. Yeah. And then like there's like depictions of like the bombing that like, is yeah. shown at one moment, and then you get the you get the climactic like end of the movie of like none of the girls are there anymore, and it's just. Uh, just gorgeous standing mm-hmm. there uh, waiting to meet her mother
0: yeah and, and you can tell too that like i feel like the film kind of has this hint to a little bit of like like gorgeous is now a witch yeah that <laughs> uh, like she is now taken over the the witch's curse um and and yet like you got this image of just just wholesome goodness from this new mom yeah who like in her own right seems ghostly yeah she like the first scene like she's in an all all white like in the, the flowing and she looks like she's floating into the scene like yeah. every scene she's into it's like she doesn't like walk they she made her glides. like
1: they made her like heavenly they yes. like made her feel like an angel
0: mm hmm oh yeah it, it, she's this like angelic presence and uh, she comes to to rescue gorgeous <laughs> and then the, the movie ends there <laughs> it's it's a wild ride and so vastly different from a ghost story which puts you in a very somber mood this one's like you just feel happy yeah you do feel happy yeah i uh i'm very curious what your rating is i know that it's going to be decently positive no it is
1: (laughs) i'm honestly i had a tough time trying to like actually fit it with a a score because like Mm -hmm. i didn't want to give it too high for like the subject matter but like i gave it a seven like i gave it it's a pretty solid seven and i could recommend this to people regularly and not feel bad about the recommendation like yeah it's a weird movie for me to tell a person to watch if i don't
0: know what they're into it's a good party movie because like if you have people over it's weird as fuck but if you, like, just have people together and it's like, hey, like, let's watch this crazy thing. It's, it
1: it kind of is akin to, like... I'm not trying to say that this movie's terrible because this movie's not terrible, but it kind of reminds me of, like, The Room. Like, I love yeah, watching so The saying. Room with people because it's, like, yeah. it's a spectacle. Not, like... Yeah. This is in a different way, but it it gives me a lighthearted, like, yes. fun time that I can, like, shit on the movie but not shit on the movie at the yeah, same it's time. it's fun
0: to poke fun at because it's just, like all over the damn place and And, and weird and I feel like the director
1: wanted you to do that like oh yeah totally he like everything was made to look poorly done Mm -hmm. like the mind of a child and that's what's so endearing about it
0: yeah yeah absolutely it's a solid eight for me (laughs) (laughs) I like I think like the, the pure imagination on display is wonderful if I have like a criticism from my perspective it's that as much as i love the imagination of it and everything i think that pacing wise it does take a bit to get going yeah i I like how goofy it is and it's it's endearing from the start but the first act is just it's a slow build even with how frantic it is it
1: would be kind of hard for somebody to grab a hold of it if they weren't if they didn't know what was to come
0: yeah like i think the the movie just really gets going once max head flies out of that well and then yeah like you said pedal the metal it doesn't stop it goes crazy and and it's always moving at a good pace but it's just not a lot of exciting things are happening besides just the weird presentation and editing (laughs) of the beginning other than like maybe the the bucket scene yeah um it's just has this odd start where it even on a rewatch like you gotta settle into its vibe you have to settle into the groove of the movie and it, it takes a minute because it it's like this it feels like a weird after school special at the start of it and it it's so choppy and all over the place by the time they get to the house all of it comes together i still love the imagination and creativity on display at the beginning but it just yeah has that little bit of a a lull in terms of just like when is this going to like really get going just when is how this going to happen yeah but It's an eight. I'm a big fan of this movie. Yeah. um, Glad you recommended both of these. Yeah,
1: I was very happy that I picked this movie. Like, I, you know, this is one of the best things about the uh, podcast. And you know, we've talked about this before. But like, I never would have watched this movie without this reasoning. Yeah. But it was such a perfect pairing. Like, it's so, it's so otherworldly compared to the other one, and Mm -hmm. it, it felt, it just felt right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no. I I love being able to find just the most absurd connections, like movies that have like almost nothing to do with each other but just little subtle things where you can watch two vastly different films and appreciate even the weird fact that they have something in common. Yeah. And that I think should lead to my recommendation okay i'm excited I, I think it uh i think it's good to to jump you've into been,
1: you've been talking about this uh for quite some time <sighs> yeah yeah
0: i hope you're ready so i have been eagerly awaiting to recommend some episodes for thanksgiving because mm-hmm. the episode following this one should come out like the week before thanksgiving perfect timing the theme is thanksgiving <laughs> okay i haven't seen either of these. One of them you may have seen because it's, I would say it's a classic. I haven't even seen it. I know it's considered a classic. Okay. John Hughes film, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Seen it? Okay. Yep. Yeah, so Thanksgiving classic, one of the very few like Thanksgiving movies in existence. And we're also watching another Thanksgiving classic, Thanksgiving. <laughs> Killing. Um, I've never even heard of that. Yeah. So it, it's about a possessed turkey that <laughs> kills teenagers in the woods and i am so ready to watch this movie okay um yeah i have been so hyped for this pairing because it's so stupid <laughs> uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so i
1: want you to know how proud of himself he is right now <laughs>
0: look on his face uh, I I I thought about this for so long. I have been so ready to recommend these together.
1: He made me pick two different podcasts in a row
0: to give me this. Part. Yeah. Thanks, Killing and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Some Thanksgiving classics. Uh, incredible. Um, incredible. So super stoked to watch this. I don't know where Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is. Like I'm certain. Like at a minimum, you can rent it on streaming. Um, there might be a place where it's available for free. On it's streaming. probably for free somewhere. somewhere. Thanks, killing to like save you money if you don't want to pay for this movie. Which fair enough. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's on Tubi. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I will be watching it on Tubi because I would rather not pay for pay this. Four dollars.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, <laughs> to, no, to, thank to it. no, thank you.
0: No, thank you. I also can't wait to watch it. I. <laughs> It's a it's a trauma film. I don't know how familiar you are with trauma. No. They are a uh, insanely low budget film production company that uh, just specializes in making offensive garbage and like just schlock exploitation films. James Gunn got his start there. Oh. Um, so he like good things can come from trauma, and a lot of bad can. <laughs> so i'm excited for this i think it's going to be a a, a real fun time i'm excited yeah so yeah if you don't want to be spoiled for planes trains and automobiles and thanksgiving uh, make sure to watch them before the next episode and we'll see you then bye bye everyone